Welcome to GDN's Talking Comics interview. On today's show, we welcome back talented comedian, writer, and podcaster, Chris Mancini. Chris is releasing a deluxe edition of his graphic novel, Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master, along with artist Fernando Pinto, which will be available on Amazon and on his own White Cat Entertainment website. Now, here's your host, Martin Sexton. Welcome to another edition of GVN's Talking Comics. I am your host, Martin, and today I have the privilege of once again talking to comedian, director, podcaster, and writer Chris Mancini. Uh, we had talked to Chris about a year previously about one of his books, Long Ago and Far Away, and we have the privilege of being able to talk to him again about another new book he's got coming up. So we're going to talk to him about that, some of his uh, previous works, and uh, whatever else we can come up with. So let's welcome Chris Mancini to GPN's Talking Comics. How are we doing today, Chris? Good. Thanks for having me again, Martin. It was, uh, um, it was so much fun last time. I couldn't wait to do it again. Ah, I love that attitude. <laughs> okay, okay. So when, when we last spoke, like I said, uh, there were a number of things that I didn't get an opportunity to discuss. And one of them was the book that you uh, published in 2009, which is Pacify Me. Yes. Which is basically just dealing with, a you know, taking a different approach to it, the father's uh, thoughts and processes of dealing with getting ready to become a father. Uh, so one of the things that I said that... Uh, I appreciate it mainly, like I said, it was because, you know, my my wife and I uh, were expecting with our son, Jeffrey, there are all kinds of books dealing with what the mother deals with. Wasn't that much to deal with uh, the father, you know, there might be a single chapter or something. in one Right. Of yeah, so, that uh, was so, uh, a single chapter usually written from the women's perspective is, uh, is all right. we, we would get. So I wanted to kind of fill that void a little bit. Okay, so I mean, so was it basically just some of the things that you're going uh, through leading up to it that made you decide to write the book, or exactly how did that come about? Yeah, it was weird. It was um, it was one of those, you know, obviously having a kid is a life changing event, and I was um, unusually terrified about it. <laughs> and uh, I was thinking, you know, there's probably other guys that are going through this, you know, nervous about it, and uh, so I wanted to kind of um first of all put them at ease and uh, through some humor and all the experiences that I went through and also um let them know that hey it's it's going to be great you're going to love being a parent yeah it it looks super scary cuz you know guys we like an escape route if something's not working out we want to be able to uh <laughs> leave or if it's a job or whatever if it's a friendship you know I'm like hey we 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 like that escape hatch or a relationship but uh, <laughs> with a kid is is permanent so um, one of the uh, the things I used to say is that, yeah, my wife was pregnant, but I was the one throwing up. So, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> but uh, and what I wanted to do is create a book that would also, you know, make uh, men and women laugh. I've, I've gotten a lot of feedback where um, as a couple has gone through it together, they've they found it funny as well to also get an idea of what the guy is thinking throughout the process. And ultimately that uh, to un have people understand that, you know, we're all on the same journey. From, uh, you know, being that free love and fun guy to all of a sudden being a parent. And it's not an, uh, you know, it, it's not an either or you don't uh, your life doesn't suddenly end when you have a child. It, right. it gets added to and uh, you can it doesn't mean you can never go to a movie again or see your friends again. Uh, but those are the crazy things that guys, you know, we tell ourselves, oh, our life is over. That's you know, that that's it. You know, we're done. And uh, it's not the case at all. So I wanted to create a book to help guys uh, on that journey and also um, to make them laugh along the way. 
So, I mean, so when you're writing this, I mean, you're basically kind of telling on yourself and, and your wife as you're progressing through this. Did she ever have any objection to you writing it? <laughs> there were a couple discussions. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but no, no, she was uh, super supportive. And um, uh, absolutely. Yeah, it was a uh, it was very um, it was it was a team effort and also made her laugh as well as uh, she was reading it because she got to read the rough draft before anyone. <laughs> Did she have any editorial content? So, okay, no, you can't say, talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> she probably did, but she kept them to herself. <laughs> well, see, well, I can say, because I relate to this, like I said, because uh, our son, Jeffrey, uh, was diagnosed with autism when he was three. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have it. We didn't know anything about autism or anything how to deal with it. But so, our way of dealing with this is we did a blog, uh, basically just discussing about the different things that we experienced. And most of it we found to be funny. So we found like we figured it was better to laugh than to cry about certain things. You know, yes. uh, you know, like like in Jeffrey's case, trying to teach him how to ride a bike. Uh, mm -hmm. He was trying to pedal on the bike, but he couldn't see. The, and of course, our backyard is about like a downhill slope so the only thing we could do is push him and he was happy with that as long as he didn't have to pedal <laughs> so we we stuck him on a flat but we found a flat surface actually the deck uh in our backyard and put him on that and jeffrey was a and still is a, basically an excuse the 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 definition an applause whore <laughs> if you clap for it <laughs> he thought it was great so he we got him on the deck and he actually started pounding we're saying hey yeah good job jeffrey good job <laughs> until he hit the fence on the far end <laughs> so he got to thinking, that's what you're applauding for. You're applauding for the fact that I hit the fence. So mm -hmm. that's all he kept doing is turn around. We turn him around. He'd go back, hit the fence. And then he'd, he'd set up and go, yay, good job, good job. <laughs> uh, so he never did learn to turn the bike, but he, he certainly learned how to hit the fence. Uh, and uh, and you guys created a great memory. Right, uh, so, you know, it's that kind of thing where, and also I'm sure as you're writing blogs, it also inspired and helped other people too, because they could relate to those experiences. So, and that's what we pretty much found out. Okay, so you know, you, you've since become a, a father and you've had a chance to absorb all the joys of early parenthood. If you were to do a second edition, would there be anything that you, you've learned since that time that you think you could add to your book? Yeah, I think uh, like I, I kind of had ideas for like um, kind of like the toddler years, kind of like a uh, a sequel. And I think I would call it something like I'm going to eat it or break it. And that's <laughs> which is what a toddler just... does. <laughs> Uh, but I, you know, with, um, uh, doing other things, obviously I didn't quite get around to it, but I do have some notes. And if I ever do a sequel, that's kind of what it would focus on. I mean, ideally I'd like to also, as I get further along in the journey of being a parent, like kind of have like, you know, uh, some essays maybe on a toddler. And now that my children are getting older, I have a 17 year old and a, um, uh, a 15 year old kind of like and the teen years are quite an experience that are <laughs> like no other so we're we're in the we're in the thick of it now so i'm sure there's another book in there as well so yeah and, and i would read that that would be great yeah. okay uh i also noticed that you do some work for the nfl as a script and copywriter how'd that gig come about that was a um a referral from a friend of mine who um, I worked with at a uh, production company, Bill McCullough, and he would used to work with HBO Sports and all of those things. And we we've been friends since uh, uh, literally grade school, and we would work on projects together. And then he was over at the NFL, and he's like, you know, we don't have uh, any copywriters over here. Can you just kind of come and help us? Uh, you know, write everything from marketing to forward facing copy to support copy to um, I helped them launch uh, NFL Plus, their new streaming service. So I, I was kind of in the thick of it for about a year and a half to two years. And it was really fun because 
as a writer, you know, you get to do different things. You get to stretch some, uh, you know, creative wings and we got to, you know, play around with different styles and tones and what was the voice of the NFL. And uh, it, it, it wasn't script writing, like uh, with the exception of, I think I did a script for an Apple keynote, which was good, but it wasn't like fiction script writing. And, right. uh, but I just love writing so much that it's like when you, uh, you get presented a puzzle, I'm like, all right, here are the parameters. Here's what the pieces look like. Now put this together and give me the words in the right order. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I had a blast working for them. Absolutely. It was, it was fun, but it was definitely a different kind of writing. You know, when you're writing for a giant corporation than you know writing for a uh you know an indie book it's it's very different <laughs> uh, okay so uh when i first talked to you like i said a year ago uh and i told the folks at uh, geek vibes i was talking to you and they were really excited because they knew you from your podcast uh, yes. uh what are you watching and mm -hmm. they said so that's great we love him we love him so <laughs> uh we should be really excited again uh mm -hmm. but uh I know that, you know, of course, the Oscars were last night and yes. uh, you you did a preview show uh, along uh, with, oh, let me get my nose, Doug Benson, uh, yes. talking about mm -hmm. who you thought was going to win and everything. Uh, mm -hmm. And I don't want to step on your toes for your, your follow-up <laughs> show, but uh, did anything surprise you from last night? You know what? What did surprise me the most was probably how uh, good the show actually was. It was such a nice course correction over the last couple of years where it was it was classier. It was on point. Um, everything and everywhere all at once was essentially an indie film and that got celebrated with all of these awards so i think it was a nice thing um it was a nice like i said it was a nice course correction so it surprised me how well everything worked <laughs> together like there wasn't dancing during the immemorium thing like there was all of these you know weird like uh creative tangents that went all in the wrong direction over the couple last couple of years and i think they finally figured that out and brought it back to what it should be it should be a, a classy fun celebration of uh film that's not too uh self-congratulatory so i think they they hit a nice mix uh finally after the last couple of misfires and no one got slapped so that's and no one got slapped good. so that's a bonus yeah well the crisis team was in place i love that the oscars <laughs> had a crisis team what, what exactly did they look like the crisis team i would have loved to have seen them Oh, right. So uh, like I said, you've also done a couple of other podcasts that are kind of different. I mean, like, like yes. The Quiet Journeys of Professor Atwood, which is almost like uh, one of those things that you listen to right before you go to bed to fall asleep uh, to. Uh, and then Conversations with the Abyss, which is total about face kind of thing. Yes. Uh, so, uh, but, you know, when you first started doing podcasts, did you have any apprehension going into them as far as, you know, putting yourself out there like that? I mean, I still get nervous now talking to people. Uh, <laughs> well, so did you ever have that problem? No, because we were kind of in the forefront of it. Like when we did comedy film nerds for a decade, podcasts were um, just just kind of starting out. So there wasn't really a lot to be afraid of because it was so <laughs> new and there was, you know, it wasn't a ton of competition. We were still even figuring out what it was. And that's kind of how we expanded the the company of comedy film nerds. And then when we stopped that in 2019, um, then I started with what are you watching, which is kind of like a spiritual successor, but I really wanted to lean more into the scripted content. Like the other two, you mentioned quiet journeys of professor Atwood and conversations from the abyss. Basically I did, like you said, I did the opposites. It was stories to, uh, help you fall asleep and stories to keep you awake. So, <laughs> uh, whereas conversations from the abyss is, uh, I just called kind of like my friends from comedy and and tv and and some from film and i said hey can you just give me like 15 minutes of your time or half an hour and we'll, we'll record some of these weird creepy twilight zone type uh shows and 
one of the things I wanted to do is podcasts are always like a conversation that you're overhearing. Well, what if that conversation was something you're overhearing that you shouldn't really be hearing? Like it's that kind of like conversation that I, <laughs> I'm uncomfortable hearing this. And that's kind of what we did with conversations from the abyss. So there's no music track. There's nothing. It makes it, it sounds like you're listening to a conversation between like angels and demons or a uh, the devil trying to get a soul from a, a mother and like all of these things that I, I shouldn't be hearing, but I'm hearing and it feels like a conversation. Um, and, and the other one, Conversations from the Abyss, that is the opposite of that one is Quiet Journeys of Professor Atwood is, you know, when the pandemic hit and everyone was having trouble with anxiety and um, depression, I wanted to kind of put everything together that I was experienced with from storytelling to script writing to comedy to um, calling, you know, in one of my friends that was a great composer and sound designer and put them all together for a podcast that could help people. And one of the things that I noticed that for sleep podcasts that was always missing is you never get like a full coherent story. It's always designed just to bore you and put you to sleep. And that's fine. But there's a lot of people, too, that, you know, can't sleep and they they are up and they have really bad insomnia or uh, um, anxiety. So for those people, I want them to get a full story that they could listen to in the story you know, you get it put into this world where Professor Atwood travels under the ocean and into the cloud city and goes on a treasure, a search for pirate treasure. And you can listen and enjoy the stories. And if you fall asleep, great. You listen to the next one. You haven't really missed much. There's a recap. Or if you can't sleep, you, you'll get the full story and you'll feel like, OK, well, this is, you know, this at least I've toned it down a little bit and I got a full story. Besides those people who... Uh can't sleep said you tell us a, a partial story all that's going to do is piss them off so then they're not <laughs> yeah so, uh, yeah so that works out okay so uh you started white uh cat entertainment which we talked a little bit about last time we talked and yes. you found that in 2020 which was right in the mm -hmm. middle of the pandemic yes uh, great and, great time uh, to start a new company absolutely right. so uh you know so you've had a, a couple years now since then uh so how are, how are things progressing with white cat they're going well. They, um, you know, just like everything else, India, I wish things were uh, progressing quicker. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but, you know, it is it is what it is when you're working on the um, an indie schedule and an indie budgets. But it, it's been really great to the point where I can kind of play in my own sandbox. I can create the shows I want to create. I can create the graphic novels I want to create. And um, it just takes longer, but it's been really uh, satisfying and rewarding. And the business part of it is now um, slowly kind of catching up and starting to grow and the podcasts are being monetized and the uh, the books are starting to sell. So it, it's we're, we're reaching that tipping point, but uh, every little bit helps. So, uh, you know, if all your <laughs> listeners buy stuff too, that, that would definitely help as well. So. <laughs> okay. so do you, I mean, so basically most of your content now are, are things that you produce, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Do you do you have any ambitions of reaching out to other uh, producers or are you pretty much trying to keep it, you know, internal to yourself? Absolutely. I mean, I always have kind of like pitches and collaborations, but they're, um, you know, if they don't I don't like talking about them or announcing them if they don't go anywhere. <laughs> So and then Hollywood, that's 90 percent of the things. But like uh, I know and maybe I talked long ago about long ago and far away last time that graphic novel got picked up by Starburns and it was going to be uh, the producers of Rick and Morty. They were we were pitching it as an animated show and it went to a couple places. It didn't get picked up. So I got the rights back. So we're going to kind of start that over as maybe like a live action show. So there, there's always kind of like um, different ways to kind of 
you know, repurpose or uh, bring the products to the next level. And that's something that, you know, I can't do on my own. I have to bring in other producers and agents and managers and things like that. Like, like Pacify Me is a Simon and Schuster book. We um, we're looking at pitching that as a sitcom. So, you know, things like that are always, I'm always looking at like the next thing and how we can kind of put everything together in addition to creating more content. But I don't focus on it as much anymore because a lot of times with uh, pitching and going out and having these meetings, if they don't, um, if nothing happens with them, it's been a lot of time that you could be spending somewhere else. So it's a balancing act. You got to figure out this is the amount of time I'm going to try for TV and film. And this is the amount of time I'm going to actually just create the content and giving it directly to fans. So then I'll be honest, that balance, I haven't quite figured out a hundred percent yet. So. So, I mean, so when you write this stuff, do you do you write it with the idea that, okay, can I adapt this to television or, or do you write it specifically, you know, just for your book and then if it can be adapted, you know, that's great. But do, do you write it with the idea that that's kind of the direction you're wanting to go? It, it depends on the project, like something like The Quiet Journeys of Professor Atwood is like, this is a podcast, a storytelling podcast to help you sleep and to lower anxiety. I, I have no uh you know ways to kind of figure out how that could be a movie or a tv show that that is is what it is whereas the graphic novels especially because i make them a little bit bigger and epic they're they're very cinematic because of my background you know in film and in indie film like they definitely have kind of those um hooks of like okay well this could be a movie or a tv show but at the end of the day, it's got to be a good graphic novel first. You know, you right. can't just, oh, this I'm making an IP. No, you have to tell a story. <laughs> so, and then we can talk about IP after. <laughs> okay, so like I said, so we talked last about Long Ago and Far Away with uh, artist mm -hmm. Fernando Pinto. And yes. I said, it was a fun, it's a fun book, uh, but at the end of it, you kind of left it open. Uh, so yes. and you were talking about that. So, so do you have plans to come back with maybe a, a follow-up book to it? Because, I mean, we possibly, not hopefully not spoiling too much, have some fatherhood issues there toward the end that they, they that were leaning about. Absolutely. And that is the core of the next book. Is uh, And I've been talking to Fernando about getting that Kickstarter going. And we're hoping this is, you're getting an exclusive, Martin. It's going right. to be long ago and far away too. Son of Elvenwood, and it will be. Uh, I'm hoping to launch the Kickstarter in uh, June. So yes, that's it. That's in the works. Excellent, excellent. Okay, so now the reason we're discussing today is uh, again, you're going to be working with uh, the talented Mr. Pinto in yes. uh, in Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master, which uh, this is something actually you have done previously, but uh, kind of explain it to our listeners what the premise for the book is and how it came to fruition. Absolutely. It was uh, one of those stories that I always thought, like, what are the things that I mean, I'm stuck in the 80s, Martin. And I, that's one thing I'll, <laughs> I'll be honest about is uh, uh, what did I love about growing up and watching movies in the 80s? And it was the Goonies and the Spielberg and the adventures and watching Black Belt Theater and, uh, you know, all of the comedies and the buddy comedies. And I wanted to kind of combine and put all those things together into a graphic novel, kind of like Big Trouble in Little China, a little bit of that, a little bit of Black Belt Theater, a little bit of Goonies. Uh, like all of those kind of feels and put them into a, this big fantasy martial arts uh, um, comedy action book about a um, a fight club fighter who's always down on his luck because he's a dumb you know grifter <laughs> mostly <laughs> and he accidentally uh, gets the power of the dragon and he gets thrown into this mystic battle between good and evil that he has really no business being in and uh, um, it, the 
arc of the story is how somebody who is angry just all the time and never thinks it's his fault about his life and how someone like that can grow and realize that, hey, maybe I need to work on myself a little bit. Uh, and uh, but also it's got like, you know, giant martial arts fights and uh, dragons and demons and and surly baristas, as I call it. So <laughs> <laughs> they say and uh, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because, you know, I was thinking about it actually when I was reading the forward uh, by Brian Augustin, uh, yes. rest his soul. Uh, mm -hmm. But he was talking about, you know, watching, going to see Bruce Lee movies and everything. And then yep. his, him and his buddies practicing punching. Yes. And, and, and all that brought to mind was my sister, after they watched The Karate Kid, were trying to jump mm -hmm. off of the logs and things. I said, uh, these are not the people who need to be jumping off. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But I say, and it's it just, I say, it was just kind of a fun thing. And it brought back that kind of feeling to me. Also, I also thought that, you know, as you said, he was always angry. But say, and then you always see these uh, karate movies where they tell you you're learning to fight, so you don't have to fight. Uh, he, yes. learned to, he was just he wanted to fight. He, right. That's all he wanted to do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is great. I can use this for my own gain. And uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah. that came about as it was originally like a two volume set, but I wanted to kind of skip a step. Although financially, <laughs> I don't know if that was the smartest move. I made that decision right before all of the printing and shipping costs went up. So like, oh man, <laughs> my timing is terrible. Uh, so instead of doing a volume one and volume two, the whole thing is now like a deluxe volume one with more pinups and some sketches. So you can kind of get the full story in the one book now. All right, cool. Okay, so uh, like I said, you're working with uh, Fernando Pinto again, uh, yes. or worked with him on this again. And I mean, you worked with him in far and far, uh, far long ago and far away. Yes. So has that, has your communication and how you guys process as far as you're doing your work, has it evolved since you first started working with him? Absolutely. We have a shorthand now, like uh, when I kind of send him pages and the page breakdowns and he sends me um, the the kind of the layouts and breakdowns, it's a much quicker process because he kind of knows like what I mean on the page or and he knows like what we both kind of like. And, uh, you know, the the um, the notes get shorter and for fewer and further between. And uh, the other thing that I love about Fernando, too, is, first of all, his style is, is beautiful. But second of all, he's really great to work with where, you know, it's a it's a great collaboration. Like, hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? And then uh, um, like even like when we, you know, we disagree, we kind of talk it out and like, oh, yeah, that, you know, that makes sense. So we we have a really great working relationship and uh, we've been pitching a couple other books, too, to some more traditional publishers to see if we can kind of get some other books off the ground as well. So that's in that bucket of things like, yeah, I got other things cooking, but I just <laughs> don't talk about them until they actually happen. So, okay. So you have reached the point. So the, right. You know, say that he says, okay, you know, I, I'm reading the, your story part here, but I think I don't particularly care for it. So it's okay for you guys to have that kind of discussion. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, one of the, there's occasionally there's something that's really funny too, because when we were doing long ago and far away, uh, um, like he, Fernando did, hadn't done a lot of fantasy books before. And like I said, in the Queen's Castle, the alarm goes off. And he actually drew in the castle one of those punch clock alarms with the bells. <laughs> and I said, yeah, there's not going to be electricity in the castle. When I say an alarm in medieval times, it's a gong or somebody blowing a horn. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. All right. Let's say, and uh, that book comes out on March fifteenth. Uh, yes, it'll be and it'll be available on your website as well as like Amazon. 
It'll be on signed copies will be on the website, but if you want it uh, digitally, it'll and it can it'll be on Amazon, Drive Through Comics, Global Comics, and uh, there was one other place I can't think of right now. But yes, it'll be all those places. But most people I found that they want kind of if they want a hard copy, they want a signed copy, and you could get that on my website, and then I'll um, and also I ship internationally, so you could get it there. I'm all about the sign copies. Oh, and also, <laughs> oh, oh, also, I forgot. I'm starting to do conventions now. This is like my, oh, my first thing. So, uh, um, uh, I will be at the um, Ontario Comic Con in May. So I will have books there as well. Excellent. Ontario, California. Actually, you you, you beat me to the punch because because yeah. uh, <laughs> because actually in my closing, and we'll go ahead. Yeah, so so because I want, do want to thank you for your time, but I did want to give you a chance, and you've already jumped on it. Yes, uh, to give you a chance to promote uh, any other projects or appearances that you're going to make, and mm -hmm. where can fans go to uh, to your website and or to listen to your podcast. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the hub for everything is kind of just go to whitecatentertainment.com. I am on social media on uh, Twitter at uh, White Cat Stories and also Chris J. Mancini. I I'm not a huge fan of social media. I know I <laughs> we have to be on it, but, uh, um, you know, the website is probably one of the best places. You can also get to like the Patreon or if you want to um, buy anything or just uh, throw a donation down, you can do it everything pretty much through the website and the um, the books will all be on kindle the 15th because long gone far away is also on amazon if you want to just grab it for your kindle digitally and i'll be at the ontario comic-con i will have a table there i will be at um WonderCon and um san diego uh obviously the big comic-con but i won't have tables i'll just be walking around so if you see me just say hi <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but i will have a table at ontario comic-con and i'm looking forward to uh to that because i've just started tabling I, i've been going to cons for decades and i would always do panels and walk around and kind of uh you know hang out but you know to actually have a table and see things from the other side and the perspective it's a way different experience it's really interesting and said so so you've been doing cons before uh but uh it said i actually never always assumed that whenever a creator went to a con they had a table i didn't realize that they just walked walked around uh absolutely I kind of walking by creators left and right and not realize who they were oh 100 uh, percent. yeah i'm sure you have because some of them just kind of go they do a couple panels and they walk around they say hi to friends or they go to a party or whatever and then they they go back yeah not all of the creators at the cons have tables Oh, all right. Well, I said, again, I appreciate it, Chris, and we'll be uh, following you very closely uh, through uh, White Castle uh, White Cat Entertainment. Get it right, Martin. And, <laughs> and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to you real soon when some of those new books come out, maybe like that long ago and far away. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, oh, oh, I'll be emailing you when that Kickstarter is live for sure. I'll need uh, some, all the help I can get for promotion. <laughs> all right. Well, you, well you, know, you know where I live. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. You have a good one. You too. Thanks, Martin. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to GVN's Talking Comics. Please come back again. Talking Comics is a production of Geek Vibes Nation.